You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. It's summer of 2021, and as soon as the um, ability to travel came around, you and I both had travel scheduled. Um, Travel is definitely a part of both of our lives, and like everyone else, we haven't been able to do it since COVID. And so the the big difference between you know this side of Phi and your side of Phi is my trip consisted of, well, it was actually nine days, um, which is abnormal for me, um, but it had a travel day on each end. So technically seven days. Abnormally di- long? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually, you know, like five days is the max that I would take. Um, and your trip was how long? Five weeks, five weeks, Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) which it was 30, 35 days. I think why five weeks? Like was your plan going into Phi that you would take like a minimum of five week trip or longer or shorter or what's, what was your projected idea about traveling once you reached Phi? And we certainly had in our mind longer trips and we were talking about, well, maybe we'll do something around a month. It's sort of the circumstances that really led it to be exactly that duration because, you know, we wanted to attend a high school graduation out of state on one side of it. It was a family member. And then on the other end, we had a memorial service for somebody that passed uh, earlier in, you know, in the year when nobody could travel. And that's sort of what ended up bounding it. But I can tell you right from the start, we both got like a little hesitant, like, whoa, that's super long. We've never <laughs> yeah. taken more than I think 12 days okay. was our record, um, 11 or 12 days. And I think that might have been our 10th anniversary trip when we went to Japan. So including okay. travel, I think it might have been 12 days. Yeah. So for your case, you know, this, you know, five to seven days is what I gathered. Was it, you know, right now we're in the summer. Obviously, Laura's still working, so it's not your kids' schedules. How much of that duration that you take is bounded by, you know, kind of, your wife's ability to take time off, your willingness to take time off, you know, because it sounds like that's in a pretty intense period of activity when you limit it to a week. If I could take all the things that I tried to, you know, cram into that one week of time, that five to seven days worth of time and stretch it out, I feel like it would be much more relaxing. Like it would actually feel like a vacation because I I mean, again, my personality is to program and plan every possible minute because I don't want to waste any of this precious vacation time. Right. And so my family, like they suffer from this death march to like every activity. Oh oh, yeah. No, I feel, I feel awful for them. And actually this time around, Laura um, handled a lot of the planning. So I kind of stepped back from it and. Oh, how was that for you? Um, it was fine. Um, and and in, okay. in part, we were we were traveling with my wife's uh, sister and their families. Her sister has a personality very similar to mine. So she wants the program every minute. So I was, I was thinking, yeah. okay, if Laura plans this thing, man, we're going to get, you know, we'll kick back a little bit and you know, just have some downtime or whatever. And I'm fine with that. You know, like I, I mentally yeah. prepared for it because honestly, I didn't want to invest the time to plan up front. And so then we got there and then it was like, the, the death march instituted by somebody else. I it was fine because it's it's kind of what I'm used to, but it was not a relaxing yeah. vacation. I mean, oh, okay. I, but you, I mean, right now you've entered Phi, but you are um, you're still bound by school schedules because your daughter's still in high school. Yes. So um, you're you're not able to take maybe full advantage of what I see as some of the advantages of being financially independent. That like 
you could travel at off times, right? So speak about that. Yes, definitely traveling at off times is of huge interest to us. And it's something, yeah. you know, we've tried to do generally speaking historically, right? Like in the summer, don't go to the places that are super popular in the summer, right? <laughs> like Yellowstone? You know, go, go somewhere else. Cause <laughs> yeah, cause crowds, crowds are tough for me. And you know, I, I just don't love the feeling of like battling for like access to something, you know, especially if it's like a, a, a you know, a national park. Like, I just don't like that combination of like crowded and like nature. It's exactly what the John Mears at all were worried about with uh, that kind of thing. But um, anyhow, I love the idea of being able to travel whenever I want because it's it's no different than anything else. You know, when you're not bound to a work schedule, right? Going to the grocery store, right. going to Costco, right? When people are not there, even just going to the shore to hang out and you know check out nature. So I do want to do the same thing with vacation, but you know that wasn't as readily doable this time because yeah. to your point we are a bit bound by the school schedule uh, on the same note we did otherwise have complete freedom uh you know lori does some part-time tutoring it's all remote still so she wasn't bound to any particular schedule of you know start and end and i certainly was not either so that's hugely freeing because you know you can fly on the days that are yeah. the you know better prices because as you know one oh, day man. can matter a ton totally um, you know, you could stay at, you know, the, we could organize our trip. So when we were staying in a city, right. So we were in Miami for part of it. We could do that. Not necessarily, you know, you know, get there for the 4th of July, like go there earlier when right. the rates are a little lower. Right. Um, so there are definitely benefits to being able to control your schedule. So yeah, I, I liked that aspect of it a lot and I'm sure we're going to take even more advantage of it in the future. I mean, that brings up this idea about how, how are you typically planning these trips? Like, okay. As I think about how I plan my trips, like, okay, school vacation or time when soccer hasn't started yet. Like we have these like little slivers of time or Laura's not writing a grant, you know? So now it's, yeah. I mean, if we accept the idea that there's some school limitation and, and at a certain point, your daughter's probably not going to want to travel with you much anymore. Like my two teenage boys, they're like, Eh, I can stay home. I'd rather work and earn money. I mean, I remember feeling that way when I was 16, 17, 18. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, so if we take that kind of school out of the equation, how do you plan these trips? Like, it, do you start by saying, okay, there's a financial um, spend limit? Or do you start by saying there's a destination I want to go to? Or is there a mix? Like, I have a certain yeah. operating system now that's bound by very distinct, you know, calendar and sort of rules. But when it's open season, how do you how do you choose? So I would say right now what we typically do is it's destination driven. There's somewhere we want to go. You know, does it make sense this time of year? If not, maybe we'll go to another place that we are also very interested in. But, we, you know, we'll keep that other idea alive for the future. And then, you know, we look at, you know, when does it make sense to, to go and come back? Now we have a lot more flexibility in that. And then, you know, high level, if we're going to if we need to travel at that destination, so let's just say it's a country, right? It's a it's a foreign country. Yeah. We're leaving the U.S. We may want to travel around. And so roughly how much time do we think we need in each area? And then arranging the flights and or, you know, trains or cars or whatever, and then the hotels. And, and that's usually the bulk of the work we do beforehand in terms of actually planning logistics. Oh, okay. If there's some like We'll start to like make lists of things we want to do and the things that got us interested in that area in the first place. 
But typically we've found there's very few things you need to sort of prearrange. Like maybe there's a, a special museum that you have to book months in advance. Like we'll do that. But otherwise, we keep it pretty loose. Um, we tend to, and, and we did this, I would say, even more on this trip, you know, having such a long time. And to be fair, it was a bit of a hybrid um, vacation because we had both a lot of family visits yeah. and friend visits that we wanted to make, including coming up to Maine to see you and Laura. Yeah. Um, but we also had this time we were planning for ourselves, for our family, places we were going to visit without, you know, uh, without anybody else. Or there was a small portion of the trip where Lori and I were by ourselves without our daughter who was staying with <laughs> other other family. Right. Uh, something we also always like to do. I think it's good in both directions. Oh, that's cool. And uh. we did so little planning for the part that was just us because we knew we're going to be out on the road five weeks. There'll be plenty of downtime to figure stuff out. Yeah. And so, you know, part of our trip was in the Florida Keys. And did we plan anything besides housing? Nope, <laughs> we didn't. But when we got there, we realized like, uh, oh, like, uh, you know, kind of halfway back to the Miami area, you know, Key Largo has really good snorkeling. So we booked that, you know, a couple of days before when they had availability that fit our trip. You know, in the past, if we had a tighter duration you know, if we hadn't planned that in advance, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So that is a huge right. difference. Right. And I think speaks to the very heart of the the, the question you're raising it is. in, in I, terms I, of what's different. It makes me want to know, because I think of you as like a hyper planner. And I, I, like, I think, uh, and, and it sounds like you're not like this, like when you're traveling. Um, but when I hear you say that, it's like, it's really appealing to me. Like there's a part of yeah. me that just says, like, I would not have to put so much effort into planning this week if I didn't feel like I had to fit 40,000 things into it. And so were yeah. you ever a plan? Like, did you ever plan things? I used to do more kind of making of itineraries of, of things like that. And, you know, over the years traveling with Lori definitely came to the realization, thanks to her influence, that that wasn't usually necessary and it didn't make anything any better to feel like you were tightly constrained to a schedule so here's other I, than for things that you need to do because yeah, you're, yeah. you're not going to go to go see the uffizi gallery if you don't go this day because tickets just aren't going to be available okay you better plan that that's one thing but also and i think this is a difference maybe between pre and post fi i get a lot of enjoyment out of that process of researching and thinking it's almost like i'm okay I'm doing some of the traveling beforehand, like reading up on it. Oh, interesting. it it's like, it's a form of travel. It's the, it's the pre-trip just in the same way that when I come back and I have, you know, a thousand photographs, like part of traveling or, and video, it's like creating a little montage of what that trip was yes. and editing the photos and reliving it. So I feel like there's some extension there. Like, I don't know if that's actually going to change for me. Um, once I reach financial independence, cause it's actually kind of an yeah. enjoyable part of, of the trip. And I think of it like, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to spend $5,000 on a trip, it would be nicer if I could amortize that spend over four months as opposed to, you yes. know, four days. And so that, that's just kind of how I look at it. Why do you travel? What do you think of as the benefits you get from travel? Right now, travel for me is vacation. 
and I think it this is this brings up a difference between pre-fi and post-fi and you know vacation tip the term vacation was like when you're vacating the city right the wealthy would vacate the city and um, right. they go to their country house right their summer home um, and I think probably a lot of people who are you know working 40 60 70 hour weeks probably think of you know travel as vacation and that's kind of how I view it. it's like it's a break from yes everyday life, but also, I mean, the higher, um, level discussion around travel for me is about, you know, experiencing new things, seeing new places, you know, expanding my world of what's possible and culture and, you know, being able to document things and getting out of my own head. I mean, how about you? I mean, is it, is it all those same things? Yeah, I mean, I'd say historically, for sure, it's been about the experience. It's about gaining perspective on something I didn't yeah. know about before and experiencing culture aspects, but also the escape and putting work down. You know, there are definitely years where I can remember just how much relief I felt in that second week when I actually got to take a 10-day vacation <laughs> because finally work was starting to leave my head you know, in that second week, it's why my European friends always told me, yeah. I don't even understand how you can not take a three or four week vacation because you barely get it out of your head by the second week. And they're, and they're right. Oh, that's, true. that's a huge difference now because there's nothing to leave behind. I mean, we're leaving things we like. We're leaving some of our pets, you know, being taken care of by neighbors. <laughs> don't worry. Um, and, you know, in our home. But. I wasn't leaving a job that took up the overwhelming majority of my waking hours. I'll tell you what, I you know you know I I work at a winery tasting room just one day a week. Yeah. I missed that by oh, you did? three or four weeks. In. Yeah, I was like, going to ask yeah, you. Yeah, I missed that like that like day I look forward to at the end of every week where I get to you know interact with random people, teach them something about wine, and they well, occasionally give me money for it. Like that's yeah, I was surprised, um, but it it did take a while. But yeah, that is a big difference. It's just now. Vacation means it means all the positive things it meant before, but it's also like getting the family together somewhere else. Yeah. Right. It's but not that too, is, you know, we're not also leaving work. It's truly travel. Like to me, that is like, I, I kind of struggled yeah. to um, ask you like, Oh, how is your vacation? Cause I was like, wow, he's, his whole damn life is a vacation, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally the wrong attitude. But, um, yeah, it was, there were fewer chores. I'll tell you that I didn't have to clean the kitchen. Oh at yeah. All. Yeah. We still have to do laundry, obviously. You can't go five weeks in a carry-on. Isn't that great? But oh, man, I love yeah, I love chores, not having to cook. All the chores, like oh yeah, yeah. That is that is truly that does make it a vacation, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know how closely you're thinking about this from a spending standpoint, but like any planning in the early years of Phi to say, okay, well, you know, traveling in the U.S. is just probably, or we want to do closer trips closer to home or do we go, you know, further afield or a place where our money goes further or like any concerns around that or what could speak about that a little bit? So historically it it seemed that our approach was generally one or two U S based trips a year, often a national park, much like you and your family do. And then one, you know, we typically had to fly, obviously can't drive to all of them. Um, And then we would have one international trip either as a family or sometimes we would do a family, uh, we would do an international trip, which was Lori and I, where we had a relative watching our daughter, especially when she was really young. And and that was both from a, fin- from a financial perspective, right? Those international trips start to get expensive pretty quickly, but also like just to us was very attractive to do those trips domestically, though we have spent lots of energy and I think good discussion figuring out, you know, what's our 
our travel budget and retirement. How much money do we want to set aside? How much are we going to allocate for that? I definitely thought about expenses more than I have in the past. Like I always thought I've been good about it having the discretion and, but I was a little more micro looking at it. I believe if you ask Lori, I wasn't necessarily talking about it Uh as much as I was thinking about it, but I I was thinking about it. What, Um, like what aspects of it? You know, just like, uh, kind of, you know, why? Cause I, I still in, in just more than a year after leaving work, I'm still keeping a pretty close eye on expenses just to yeah. make sure the numbers are working the way we had projected and put all the effort into building those models, which they are. So I'm seeing it daily, <laughs> which I didn't used to do in the past. And so I'm seeing it accumulate where we had to have hotels, seeing those charges come in and you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I'm a little more focused on it for sure uh-huh. than it was in the past. Um, and I wouldn't say it gave me anxiety, but it did make me think a few times, uh, in a good way, is this expense I'm thinking about worth it? Is it going to be an experience that's going to benefit us relative to what it's going to cost? Or is that just like some, I'd be tossing away money. That's not going to be productive, but I mean, you guys spent somewhere else. You kind of had that epiphany before you reached financial independence. Like, you know, we talked in the past about these Michelin star restaurants. You're like, I'm just not seeing any value. And yet. On this vacation, you went to a restaurant there <laughs> in what Miami? Not, no Michelin stars. Oh, also no Michelin guide to Miami. So yeah, okay, yeah. Stars. It was the nicest meal we'd had in two years, <laughs> and yes, it did cost money. We felt justified in doing it, but did I think about it? Like, is the is the wine pairing worth it? And am I going to choose to get it or not this time? Yeah, I'd absolutely thought about it, and and we just got a bottle instead. Oh, now, that's, cheaped that's, out, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, you know, I realized that's that wasn't going to give the benefit relative to the cost. I believe I was more thoughtful yeah. about spending. Oh, it's interesting. On the same note, Eric, I will tell you one thing that I, I wonder how it will come, how how it will go in future trips, which are a little more traditional type right. of travel for us and less visits combined with travel. Yeah. In our five weeks, we spent what we have spent in the past in a two week vacation. Oh, okay. So I feel like we were making good decisions. Yes, we certainly saved some accommodation spend by (laughs) visiting people. Um, You know, but send you a bill, man. I like to think we did take them out to dinner and do things occasionally. And and thanks for that Uh, increased spend we wouldn't have had otherwise. Exactly. No, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's one to one. Yeah. But I think we did pretty good. I mean, you know, it's it's it's. I'm looking at it from two totally different directions right now. Like when I was doing my budgeting, when I finally got home, I was just kind of looking at what June and July looked like. My <laughs> vacation category in my budget was is now zeroed out. Okay, so, so no more vacations. We, <laughs> we spent it down. Done. But it's like a scary thing seeing that sinking fund at zero. Yeah, right. <laughs> I am taking the money from the, the tasting room and I'm putting it aside. And I'm okay. going to use it for like short trips and things that otherwise aren't, you know, covered from the budget. Like they would be taking extra. So I'm going to go visit a friend uh, up in Oregon in a month and that'll be totally paid for by the money I get that one day a week at the winery. And that makes me feel good. I'm not taking away from family vacation money. <laughs> and it, it, I don't know, it's weird. It like actually feels good to have a goal yeah. for uh, that I'm working towards. It's like a, you forget uh, in all honesty, <laughs> um, you forget over the years, like, 
what the early struggle was like when you're saving and like, oh, if we save up this much, we can take finally take that you know yeah, yeah. flight to England and get outside of the U.S. I still remember that, like my first international trip. Yeah, it's just different, and I that perspective I think is a really good thing to return to. Yeah. It's real easy to forget kind of how you got where you got and you know the real struggles that most people have when they think about saving for vacation. Oh yeah, no it's that's a real real deal. We you and I talk about spending 5 or 10,000 bucks on a vacation and it's like, oh, most people would be like, "Whoa, that's a big vacation for me." And I it's interesting though that you still have optics on the finances and to me it just speaks to like this doesn't go away. It, it doesn't really change necessarily this kind of operating system that you put in place to get yourself to this spot. And yeah, that's like, a good point. it's, it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it becomes more toxic if you, you can't ever step aside and say, Oh no, I really want that. Or I want to spend on that, you know? And so uh, it's just, it's interesting hearing your perspective. One of the things that came, came up that I was thinking, um, about having this longer time to travel is that you could travel to like, you know, Japan is on our list of places to travel to. But if we look at trying to fit that into nine days, you know, that's, that's not a great use of airfare, right? So if you can amortize the airfare over a sort of stretched out vacation, you know, this yeah. idea of kind of slow travel versus the fast travel that I'm doing pre-fi, um, that's really appealing to me. So I could see, you know, even if there was this kind of, um, you know, bigger or further afield trip that you wanted to take that it actually is much more sensible when you have all that extra time to, to amortize the flight cost. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of it exactly in those terms, but you're right. I do. I will be interested, interested to see just combining two different concepts that we've discussed, how different your trip will feel to you when you double the duration. <laughs> so for example, take your two week trip and have four weeks. And I'm curious, like, if you think about, you know, you because, you know, you're a thoughtful person. I'm sure you sort of self-reflect on your vacations and how they went and what you might have thought could have gone differently, what oh, you yeah. wish you could have done. But, you know, it, it could be your most recent trip, right? Seven days. If you had three weeks instead of seven days, what do you think would have been different? I mean, wow, I would have gone so much further afield. And I guess this is a personal choice of anyone. Sounds like when you visit national parks that are inherently busy in the summertime, um, you, you try and avoid those locations. But, you know, if you're trying to see the big sites, you know, you're you're by nature just crammed elbow to elbow with everybody else. And one of the things we noticed yeah. on this trip was it didn't you didn't have to go too far off the beaten path to really get away from people because most people were very true gravitating to those things. So I feel like I'd be more comfortable, um, stepping away from those, those bigger sites. I mean, I wanted to see those big sites and I wanted to see them sort of untouched by a lot of, you know, tour. Like I didn't want to necessarily sit at old faithful at 5 PM when all the tour buses Correct. were there. Like, um, and so we stayed on site there and we got to see it erupt, you know, at 4 AM, um, which is cool. And, and there are ways to get away from people, even, you know, when you're staying in a really busy place, but I feel like stretching yeah, that trip, right. trip out would allow us to be more comfortable checking things out that are further off the beaten path. Cause like, I don't know if I think back to places that I visited and experiences I've had, it's those times when we just kind of wandered and found something cool that I always exactly. remember more than the kind of the big sites. And so that I look forward to that. I mean, I don't, I, 
I'm sure you had some of that on your yeah. trip, right? <laughs> or yes, does, yeah. you did. I mean, I, I think, and that that's something I think that's hard to predict until you experience it. Because if I listen to you, it sounds like, you know, one could come to the conclusion, which I believe will be proven erroneous over time. But for now, it's just a prediction. It sounds like you would just try to fit more stuff <laughs> in your time. <laughs> yeah. But earnestly, not having that pressure is huge because, you know, there's a lot of just Key West, for example, you know, there's a lot of things you could see. And if we'd had a checklist and we were just kind of walking around that, right. that island, basically ticking them off in the heat, it would have felt pretty <laughs> oppressive. But, you know, we knew we had time, we knew we were going to see a lot of stuff. And so there was definitely like a half day where we just walked around with like some frozen drinks and like just checked out the sites. We didn't feel like we had to like go do this thing and that thing and the other thing. Right. And that kind of, for me at least repeated, um, at other points during the trip. And it's a great feeling to not feel compelled to rush out because, you know, I, admittedly I fall prey to that because like <laughs> you, I wake really early in the morning <laughs> right. and I'm raring to go. That's my best time of day. Like I want to get out and do something. Right. And my family is on a different schedule than me. They wake <laughs> later and they start slower. Their ramp rate is slower. I feel a lot less pressure to do stuff like that early when I have more time. Yeah. Now I'll still use that early time for me stuff that I will do. You know, took out the drone, got, you know, shot some footage for the channel, you know, whatever to went for a walk and but I didn't feel like it was as much a competition for can I fit everything in I want right. to do in this limited time yeah. because we just had more days to expand it into. Is there a difference between the pre-fi travel daily routine and the post-fi travel routine for you? Well, the, the, the easiest thing is something I, I mentioned earlier, and that is there was no work to look and check on first. Uh -huh. and, and make sure it was out of the way so it had the least likelihood of interfering with the rest of my trip and my family time. So that so would have been first thing for you. Absolutely gone. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yep. Always the first thing. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. That was kind of the arrangement we had is that, we, you know, me and my wife, that I would get that work stuff done before they were up and at them. And so they wouldn't have to see me doing it. I would just get it done and it'd be over. That's like a full five hours, isn't it? <laughs> You get up at four and they're, uh, up, they're up at nine. Oh, hopefully it would usually be five hours of work, but it, you know, it could be a couple hours depending yeah. on the trip and the company I was at at the time. Sure. I've had that danger. Like I step into that zone, like, okay, I'm going to get run through all my email. I'm going to solve all the problems in the morning. And then I get some kind of email in that stack of things where it's like not something I can solve in three hours yeah. or two hours. And then it's kind of stuck up here, you know, that that's, oh, yes. I hate that. But I think, <clears throat> I think generally speaking, another difference is I would say there's a slower ramp to getting started. Like in the past, I feel like, and some of this is on me, like I'd be kind of pushing the family to get ready yeah. and get going and get out so we can start doing stuff. Um, I didn't feel quite that pressure. And I, I believe you'd have to ask them didn't, didn't convey that pressure to them. It was uh, easier kind of to get going. Some days we weren't doing stuff until lunchtime yeah. um, because that was just how they were feeling that day. Or, you know, we had a busy evening the night before. So that just that generally reducing the sort of time based pressure uh, was a really nice feeling. And, and that was something that that I think we all did experience. And we talked about I, I, honestly, one other thing that I know Lori would say is um, while I'm sure I still have room to grow in this area, I was less intense about the travel part of the trip. Like 
when I traveled for work, like I have all these habits about like when I get wherever and yeah. how long we you know are here and how we pack and all that stuff that you know experienced travelers really have a lot of strong opinions about. <laughs> I was I think I was way better than I've ever been about that and just you know yes I'm gonna get places you know at a time where it's not gonna stress us out I'm not gonna get to the airport when the door is closing on the gate but you know I like to think the you know, I was less stressed about it than uh, I know I make them sometimes. <laughs> it's funny because we haven't traveled in so long. So even the seasoned travelers are stepping into what feels like a new routine. Um, <laughs> I don't. I had a yeah. lot of hesitations about flying again and like what it would be like, like unruly passengers. You read all yeah, that. Me too. All the headlines and I'm like, ooh, what's <laughs> this going to be like? And it was, you know, I mean, we had the usual travel disruptions and delays and it was actually totally great. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. just, um, you know, not having traveled for so long. It's this new experience and it's actually fun again. And yeah. So five weeks is a pretty long time to be away. Um, in the past, you've talked about the sort of desire to maybe live like a nomadic lifestyle, like in an RV, like that was an interest of yours. Like, has this reinforced your need for a home or like, has it changed your mind in any way? Has it changed any preconceptions you had about that? It's a good question. I don't know if I'd go so far as it changed our idea about having a home, but what it did do, and I, I know this is true because I, Laurie and I had a really good discussion about it after we'd been away for, I think the first time we had it was we'd been away about three weeks and then we had it again at the end of the trip. Both of us, I think particularly her, feel a lot more comfortable with the idea of longer trips like it was easier than we thought of okay. thought it would be right it's nice to have an idea it's another thing to practically experience it yeah. especially when you're leaving behind things you care about right you know i know i know you love pets so much <laughs> you know we we have some animals and we have friends who you know graciously took care of them for us um but you know after a couple weeks and we know they're getting taken care of well i i think she stopped thinking about them as much as she did before. And, you know, we didn't feel like that pull to be back in, you know, our bed or things like that. I, I think while this trip was a little unusual and just how many small moves we made to visit different people, like all the driving than a typical vacation would be, I think that gave us even more confidence that a proper trip that we would normally take that wasn't broken up into so many little stages like this one was uh -huh. would actually be pretty easy. So I would say, if nothing else, it reinforced the idea of us taking four to six week or maybe even longer yeah. um, vacations or short term stays away from a home. I don't think Lori would say, and she's not here to answer this, but I suspect she wouldn't say, yeah, it gave me the con I, actually. And now I'm of the opinion that I don't need a home. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think I would say that. But yeah. I, I would say she and we feel more comfortable with the idea of leaving home for weeks to months at a time just because it felt good. But like it you felt said like something we could do. So that was great to test that. I out. mean, you did say at the end of it, you were like looking forward to getting back though. Yeah. But that's also like we had a terminus and we were knew we were getting near it and we did have so much movement around and it, it, a lot of family time and, you know, lots of things going on. And, you know, sometimes at the end of all that, it's like, Oh, you, you want your routine back. Right. Yeah. And like I said, I was feeling a pull to do my little one day a week job. <laughs> um, so I think it was kind of more that than it was. We were tired of being out and seeing new places. Some of it, may have been just where we were right the end of our trip was in florida which is delightful but not necessarily our number one choice for where we want to spend time in july <laughs> right it's very hot it's very humid 
if we were somewhere else Some people like that. for the first time, that's why I'm not making fun of Florida. I'm just saying I don't want to be in hot and humid weather in July and trying to sleep at night. But if we were somewhere we'd never been before, we've been to Florida a bunch of times. If we were somewhere new, a foreign country, you know, we might have been feeling like we're just getting started after you know three or four weeks there and so it might have yeah. been more you know less of a pull to say well, i'd kind of like to get home i mean how, how when you guys think about that you know you and laura think about these longer term stays or being nomadic you know how do you how do you envision that going i'm looking forward to longer travel i still am a person who likes to have a home base i think to come back to um, yeah. and it's one, you know, we've talked about this trawler, this boat idea, um, for a long time. And, you know, I first started having some misgivings about it, like this idea where Laura's like, well, you know, we're going to be stuck on this thing, like three feet from each other, <laughs> <laughs> potentially like a really long time. Like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So I do like that ability. I mean, just like I ha like having this studio, a place to kind of return to that kind of feels like my own. Um, but I'm also looking forward to seeing what that's like having five weeks to program and plan and just explore and also equally nervous about like, okay, what's that going to cost? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I was curious to hear even you who I think of as having a, a bigger, um, five number than me, like, okay, if he's concerned about it, what's that going to look like for me? You know? So maybe I got to dial back my expectations a little bit and say, okay, maybe not every meal is not eating out. Maybe we can, you know, that's maybe not where the, uh, enjoyment lies in this journey. Yes. Right. And so I, th that's the message. Yeah. That's and the I, message. I'm open I mean, to I, that. and I, I think it was good when I found myself thinking about that. Cause yeah. I look, I've spent the last year thinking about that more <laughs> right. than ever in my adult life. Right. Is this really a sensible thing to spend money on? Because is it delivering the value that right. it, we believe it should versus something else? We, we, I, I appreciate being better about that. Now I, I like to think, especially in the year running up to leaving work, I was already, that was a part of the mental training that I think we were doing for ourselves, right. right. In, in budgeting. So it's not a foreign concept, but it's still, the stakes are different. But if know, I, th once you totally working. Oh, totally. But if I think about dollar for dollar spend money spent on travel, like it's always going to be like a, a much yeah. higher value to me than like, you know, buying agree. lawn furniture or something, something like that. That's, yeah. and you and I are definitely aligned on that. I know. And you know, whether I spend a little bit more on getting the, the bottle of wine that pairs with the tasting menu, maybe I'll do that every once in a while. Cause we haven't had a chance to do that living here, but, Correct. um, yeah, I probably, probably wouldn't make that a part of my daily routine unless something no. changes <laughs> drastically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and for sure. Right. I mean, for someone, you know, who would be watching this, I think there's, there's no need to judge anyone's decisions oh. like that. It's just you just have to prepare for what you find important, right? And and if you find that important or if you're somebody that believes, you know, I want all of my travel to be business class travel, well, you, maybe you're only going to do one of those trips a year or every two years, you know, whatever or maybe is it's just, how you value yeah. things. Maybe your wife rides in coach. <laughs> maybe your wife rides in coach. <laughs> Anything you would do differently? I mean, I know this was maybe a non-traditional trip for you, but for the next trip that you have planned, once you refill your uh, budget line item yeah. there, your sinking fund. I think particularly if you're taking a long trip, four to six week trip, 
it's really nice to kind of plant roots for a week at a time okay. is, is kind of one of the yeah. thoughts we left with. And I think we typically did that anyway, but moving around so much as we did, particularly in the earlier stages of the trip, the first two thirds of it, we felt, you know, pretty steeled in the idea that, you know, weekly is a pretty good pace to move if you need to move, you know, two weeks is awesome, yeah. but a week is no problem at all. Shorter than that, you know, driving and, or whether it's driving or trains or planes, just picking up and moving that often is kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, I would say doing it at a one to two week interval felt really good for us. So that, that's a, that's definitely a take home that, you know, I, yes, you have to experience to, to realize that's the way to go. Um, yeah, I, I think, other lessons are it felt really good to have the slower pace and have like, you know, lists of things you could consider doing, but didn't feel compelled to do. And just having the freedom to divide up your time based on how you felt that day is so freeing versus having to create a schedule in advance and feel kind of compelled to stick to it because otherwise it's not going to work out. <laughs> That's just such a huge difference yeah. that we found really attractive and I'm sure will only continue. Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. Two Sides of Fi.